Welcome to On The Brink, a fresh lens to take you and your business to new heights. Welcome, I'm Andy, your host and your guide. And as you know, my job is to help you get off the brink. Wherever you are, I know you're thinking about what's next in your life's journey. And maybe it's time to pause and reflect on where am I now, where am I going, and how can I get to be the best I can be? So I go looking for people who can really help you see, feel, and think in new ways. Remember, I'm an anthropologist, and observing allows your mind to open up to possibilities. So today I have Roshni Pandey with me, and this is truly an honor and a privilege. Let me tell you about Roshni, because I do think she's got a story that's going to just set the stage for where we're going as women. Roshni is a co-founder of Blue Box, an investment and advisory group nurturing and developing early stage ideas. She's an innovator. She's founded and managing partner of Lexicon a management consulting firm enabling organizations to build strong foundations, navigate increasingly dynamic trading environments, and drive new growth. Remember, our job is to help you see, feel, and think of new ways to grow. That's, in fact, what she does as well. She's a firm believer, and this is what I love about the balance between art and science, intuition and data, profitability and purpose. And I'll add something that my clients have been asking for between life and work. Hmm, Is there a difference? Maybe it's both. Um, She has a passion for social causes. She has several initiatives, FutureWise, a skills acquisition program, a complementary pillar to the current content-focused education system. That's a very important area. Tribe, a social enterprise enabling children and women from underserved communities in Asia Pacific. She has won many awards this year, 2020. She was a Woman Achiever Award at the World Women Leadership Congress and Strategic Business Partner Award Award at the Business Leader Awards for Blue Box. She's received Asia's Most Influential CMO Award at the World Brand Congress, and she was CME of the Year and Best Leader Award at IHG. While she's Indian by ethnicity, Fijian by birth, Australian by citizenship, Singaporean by residence, and global by mindset, and she's laughing. She has so many passions. (laughs) But I love the fact her biggest passion is traveling with her husband and her kids, as I did. So, Arshni, thank you for joining me today. It's truly an honor. And our listeners, I know, are going to love your own journey. So tell us about who are you and where have you been? Where are we going? And how can we all join together to do it? Uh, Firstly, I want to say thank you, Andy. I don't think I've heard all of that in one sitting uh, before. But I think uh, it's important. (laughs) And and I think, you know, many a times in life you write these things, right? But you never... Uh, hear it back and, and you never never look at it again uh, so thank you for that but also thank you for having me um, on your show it's a privilege and uh, I'm so excited to share um, my journey um, you know uh, I always believe that uh, we all inspire each other we can read all the books in the world but I think ultimately we're inspired by people um, so I hope that uh, whatever I share today does inspire one or two or more and, and I think we will, that will be a win already. <laughs> but you know, it's so it's so charming to meet you. And we met through the Women's Business Collaborative. That's right, yes. And I, I emphasize the word collaborative there because this mm. is exactly the kind of, of a beautiful relationships that emerge out of collaboration. But That's tell true. us your story because it's a story that I think others want to hear and share, but it also gives them a roadmap for their own journey. So please. Sure. I'll, I'll share... Uh, from where I was born, because I think uh, what has shaped me uh, in terms of who I am today uh, does go 
quite far back in terms of the early experiences that I've had. And, and I think just collecting all of those experiences over, over time and over life and, and the people I've met uh, has, has had a huge influence. Um, so I was born in Fiji. Uh, a beautiful idyllic place, which uh, currently with lockdown, I am like dying to get back to. <laughs> <laughs> I still have a, um, a few relatives uh, left in, in Fiji, but uh, I have, uh, you know, very fond memories because Fiji is is a very tribal culture in terms of, you know, village lifestyle and people living uh, in in a very tribal communal sense and by tribe I don't want to conjure images of you know ancient villages and and uh, things like that but really just the what the word means uh, because I think what you said about collaborative uh, I talk about as a, as a tribe like people of the same values and people of the same mindset coming together makes a tribe and I always keep saying to people you've got to find your tribe Yes. Uh, because they are the people that you don't have to explain anything to. You can be as eccentric as you want and they still get you. Um, so um, I think that is has had a huge influence uh, in terms of how I look at um, life. Um, life in Fiji has, uh, has and always has been um, quite communal. Uh, it's really interesting. The word for um, borrow and take is quite similar. There's, there's hardly any distinction in, in that. So I think that just tells you the, the culture uh, of, of the place. Uh, but I was also uh, quite inspired, I guess, in a way. Uh, and, and I don't think I realized that back then, but only very recently, how much uh, the women in my life back in Fiji had shaped and molded me. So my grandmother, who was uh, self-educated, so she didn't go to school, um, was, you know, championing women's rights and holding women's um, councils and villages, teaching them how, you know, some skill or trade that she had and, uh, you know, like really like a, you know, a leader in her community kind of corralling women uh, to to learn how to sing and, and make things and be self-sufficient and, you know, find happiness in, in what they were doing. And she used to drag me to these things. And I, at that age, I didn't really enjoy it. But looking back at not what I was doing there, because I was probably daydreaming, but what she was doing there <laughs> uh, has been really inspiring. And I think that's passed on to my mom. She's she's always, you know, I have a younger sister and she's always uh, pushed the two of us to achieve stuff. Um, you know, we've, we've done everything. She's never stopped us to say, you've done, you've got two uh, extracurricular activities and you've got two, you know, hobbies and, and two sports. So, so that's it, you know, we were doing everything <laughs> from dance classes to Taekwondo and and you know fighting people and dancing elegantly and I think that's the <laughs> age where I um, kind of first had the sense that you can do it all yes um, you know there is no real uh, thing that you need to do or are meant to do you you can do it all and you can make choices in terms of what you uh, want to continue to do but you can do whatever it is that you set your mind to or you want to explore. Um, there shouldn't really be anybody telling you that you can't do something. The only person that should be doing that is you. Uh, you know, the interesting, as I'm listening to you, I had a professional grandmother and a professional mom as my role models. And mm. I do think we can't go backwards and re 
do everybody's moms and grandmoms, but the intuitive learning that comes along with that, the yeah. values that are transmitted, the stories that we create, begin to create a foundation in you to see the world as possibilities, not as limitations. Wow. Absolutely. I know I totally agree. I mean, my grandmother would grow things in, in her garden and drag me to the market to sell it. And as, as like a little kid, I was so embarrassed selling, you know, fruits at a vegetable market. I was like, are you serious? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's probably what seeded entrepreneurialism. Uh, you know, that's probably what taught me how to hustle, right? And taught me how to, uh, you know, negotiate uh, listening to her. So, you know, things that you probably dread as kids kids um you know uh, yes. pay attention to it because that that's formative and and that really does shape you and and i don't think i recognized it then um you know it, it's only when you grow up and you reflect and you look back at your journey and you do some of these exercises that says you know what was the most formative thing that you remember about <laughs> entrepreneurialism it's like okay grandma <laughs> but I remember in fact this new book I almost called as what I learned at my grandmother's knee mm-hmm. and I used to stand there mm-hmm. watching her count the money at the end of the day in her business yeah. and she used to take me in the market and teach mm. me stuff. And I'd say, how do you know what to buy? She says, I don't. And I, I realized mm. it's okay. So where did it take you on your own journey? Because it sounds like the opportunities were there, but nothing was fixed. Everything was possible. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, my, my family, my parents moved to Australia uh, from uh, Fiji. Fiji is a very small country. So I think for a better future for the girls, um, my parents moved to Australia and, and for a higher education and things like that, I guess their focus was to give us um, a bigger world uh, to, to experience. Uh, so I grew up uh, in Australia, I went to school there. And I think Australia is um, another place where equality uh, in terms of, uh, you know, gender at least uh, was never an issue. Every kid is quite sporty and every kid is quite outdoorsy. So, you know, the gender thing wasn't even an issue uh, growing up. Uh, and and that set the stage, right? Because as your formative years, you see your mom and your grandmother out there doing things. And then in school, you know, you, you don't really have a difference. You played all sorts of sports in mixed teams. And, you know, there wasn't a girl's rugby team. And, you know, we, we all played together. So I think that, 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 that had a lot of... Um, uh, impact in me in terms of my foundation, but also I think my my attention to it wasn't there that this is, you know, discrimination and there's such a huge divide. I don't think I thought about that until much later because it just wasn't present in, in life as, as I at least saw it as a, <laughs> as a child. Um, but I think moving to Singapore was a, was the probably the first time where the um, stark realization of gender uh, first hit me. And, and race and gender, because I think moving to Singapore, I, I started to experience, you know, certain at least gender related things that made me question, mm-hmm. uh, you know, why certain decisions were made or why I wasn't allowed certain opportunities or, you know, I, I was a fresh grad looking for a job and, you know, the certain questions that were asked of me, I was very indignant, you know, <laughs> How, what do you mean? Do I have my partner's permission? to apply oh, for this job. Did you really get asked Century that? are we living in? Yeah. This, what is your husband? I think, the, I think the question was, 
What does your husband think about the fact that this role involves entertainment? Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, we could share stories. That is <laughs> but fascinating. And that was really sort of your epiphany that, oh, my, the world isn't what I've been in. It is yeah. a different playground. Wow. Absolutely. And so, you know, I think my response was, it depends on what you mean by entertainment. (laughs) I I didn't get the job. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it was it was little things like that, uh, that, you know, kind of starts to make you question. Uh, why are these questions posed? And, and yes. you know, has it been asked of me and everyone or just me? Um, I remember getting to the final stages. I mean, I, I arrived in Singapore during the um, Asian financial crisis. So getting a job was super tough. And then being a female, get trying to get a job was even tougher. And I remember getting to the final stages and it was between me and a guy. And they said, oh, you know, but, you know, we think that we'll have less issues with him. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and it was so blatant. I mean, yes. to tell me that uh, was, you know, as I look back, you can only chuckle, right? But, uh, you know, back then I was, uh, you know, so defiant and indignant and <laughs> how could they, I'm going to correct all of this. Uh, and I think that's where, um, you know, things, things have were seeded, but I didn't do anything about it until, until recently. So I went through my journey. I, I did uh, stints at various multinationals. And then it came a time when I moved on to think about what else uh, was it next for me. And um, I was uh, retrenched in an exercise much earlier on, uh, about five years ago. And, um, you know, it's it's quite a a moment as well, you know, whether you want to leave or you don't want to leave. Being asked to leave uh, is is always not a nice feeling. And so I think it was a, a huge reflective moment for me in terms of what I wanted to do next. Did I want to be in the situation where somebody else could tell me to go? Um, did I want to be in a situation where I wasn't the one in control? Um, you know, what, what did I want for my future? So I went for various job interviews, but because I had that thought in my head already, yes. nothing, nothing uh, worked. You know, I, I always found a flaw in every job that interview that I went for, oh, the place is too far. I don't really like the culture of the company. (laughs) But I think it was me, uh, you know, trying to figure out what my next new was. And uh, and then I, you know, um, started to do some freelance um, projects. I don't think setting up the company was the first thing that I had in mind. It was a little bit accidental, if Mm -hmm. if I'm honest. Um, But, you know, it was one of those things that I thought I couldn't do. which is why it wasn't in my mind. You know, I was still searching and looking for a structure because I was so used to a structure. Uh, I was led by a process that was designed by, you know, a a company. Uh, It was just different companies. And I never had my own, you know, I I never had my own momentum. I was led by some, something else. Um, You know, your whole life is dictated by your schedule and and you have your PAs filling in your calendar and then you roll, right? Um, (laughs) You you don't even accept meetings. So, you know, the the amount of control you have in your life uh, is actually very little. Uh, And I think all of these things were coming in collision with each other in my mind in terms of, you know, what is it that I wanted to do? But setting up a business or doing something like that was also quite um, scary and it was also quite uh, a scary uh, and, and uh, you know, unstructured uh, yes. thing as well. So uh, being used to structure, I was thinking like, you know, what do I do? Like, what, nobody's fixed my meetings yet. How do I book? You know, I have to book my own flight for this trip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ashley, I'm sorry to laugh, but that is both an opportunity and a scary moment, right? 
How Absolutely. do I do this? Who did this for exactly. me? <laughs> Can exactly. I do it? <laughs> and, and you know, these are things that you just get familiar with. You yes. know, you just get used to. Uh, can you do it? Yes. You know, but you've just been so conditioned to having someone else do it or that you don't think about it, that it feels like a mountain. But I've, I've learned since then, uh, they are definitely mountains, not just just not as many as we make up in our minds. I know. Um, well, you know, so. But, you know, it's it's interesting because uh, you had a catalyst there, something that was done to you. And now mm-hmm. they pushed you into a zone where, well, what's next in my career, in my life? I'm gathering that you never thought about staying home. No, I can't stay home, Andy. <laughs> um, I, 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 yeah. I ask you because neither my daughters nor myself nor my mother or my grandmother were stay-at-home moms. And mm. um, people who are say to me, how can you do that? And I, I quietly want to know how they can do what they're doing without judging mm. it. But mm. life is a journey for me with lots of um, lefts and rights yeah. and building a business. I, build, I, I mean, I, I raised kids. I had a great home. I have a great husband. But staying at home, I couldn't figure out what what I do. So mm. I'm I'm almost raising it to shut it down as people are thinking because out of this came opportunities for you. How'd you build yes. a business? I, I want to go back to the to the point you made about uh, staying at home. Um, I think because it wasn't a thing for me. I also looked at it as something like, why would you want to stay at home? Me too. Right. <laughs> but, uh, and, and even with the work that I currently do with enabling women to have, you know, an education and, and have a career, um, I've also become quite conscious that it might not be a choice that some women want to make just because yes, I make it. I agree. Right. So I've, I've realized that, that, you know, there's a difference between wanting it and not wanting it and yes. not pushing anybody into it. I mean, we all kind of go, you know, with, with uh, education will come economic freedom or independence and you can go to work and it wouldn't be great. Uh, but some women don't want it and that's completely fine. And, yes. and I think that's another big thing, right, in terms of like choices. Uh, but it was never a choice for me. I think, uh, you know, if I'm not working for a business, I would be working for an NGO or, or doing something. I, yes. I don't think I could just stay at home. Um, yes. It's it's I, I like doing multiple things. And what I really love in it is the how they all come together or how they all kind of clash together to create something else yes. uh, out of it. So, you know, they all end up being a catalyst to each other in some way. Um, or you steal ideas from one place in your life and bring it to the others. So I like this collision yes. uh, of things and ideas happening in my life. And, you know, hence Blue Box and Lexicon and Tribe <laughs> and kids, um, et cetera. But yeah, I, I, staying at home wasn't, I wouldn't say it wasn't an option. It just wasn't something For uh, you. in my mind. Now a word from our sponsors, Simon Associates Management Consultants. Simon Associates is us. And we love to help you see, feel, and think in new ways to help you and your business grow. We specialize in applying the tools and methods of anthropology, but we're also entrepreneurs and business builders. And we like to share our experience and expertise with you. So if you're stalled or stuck or starting up, give us a buzz and let's see if we can help you as well. You can learn all about us at simonassociates.net and read my book, learn about it at andysimon.com. There's a free chapter you can download and a toolkit you'll find very helpful. We're on Amazon and you can buy it as a book, an ebook, or even an audible that I recorded myself. We look forward to hearing from you at simonassociates.net. Info at simonassociates.net is right to us. 
Now back to our podcast. I raise that because listeners often, we we don't, um, we want to give you things that you can do, but that doesn't mean you can't do other things. And there's a stage to life where things come along. Uh, But for you and I, the joy of building um, has been joyful. And to your point, it comes from an abundance of ideas that all of a sudden the brain synthesizes into something. You go, ah, and that's Mm -hmm. what I'm going to. And you got three of them going. So tell the listeners a little more about how they all began to emerge because they're different but related. Yeah. So Blue Box was something that I set up with my husband uh, even before I left work. And it was uh, intended as an angel investment uh, for little ideas that we, you know, thought were important for society or or that was interesting to us um, that would not get VC funding or it would not get uh, funding until a prototype or a concept development to get to that stage. So we started investing in in ideas of others to bring it to life. Uh, And it was a passive way of doing something that we wanted to do because both of us were in a position to leave our uh, our jobs and, 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 you know, um, kind of do this full time. Um, so Blue Box was started uh, in, in 2012 when both of us were working and, and it slowly grew. So we invested in something uh, and it was it was so lovely. The guys, the guy who was wanting to sell his business, um, we eventually ended up um, investing in him. He said, I'm trading one dream for another. I want to get married, but I don't have the funds. So I'm selling my startup mm-hmm. to start a new life. And we were like, well, what if you just, and, he, and we were like, why aren't you getting an investor? And they said, well, every investor wants majority share and wants me to manage it. I can't manage something that doesn't, that no longer belongs to me then. <laughs> and so we said, okay, well, we'll just invest in it enough for you to stay. And how much do you need for the wedding? That was the discussion for the first <laughs> investment. How much do you need for your wedding? <laughs> but that fits no box at all, right? I mean, Absolutely. you just created a whole new sandbox where exactly. it doesn't mean, it's not about the ROI on it. It's about <laughs> collaborating to sustain your dreams. Exactly. And it was something that we both of us were kind of excited about because he was in experience gifting. And it's something that, to me, was was a brilliant idea because we're often gifting products and creating clutter and things like that. And this was, you know, really about kind of what kind of experience could you gift somebody and curating it and things like that. So I thought it was a very novel idea. It would be a shame if it died. Um, so we ended up investing in him. He ended up um, running it and, and it did quite well. And it's not often that your first investment or startup works out. Uh, yes. But somehow we were lucky um, because, you know, maybe it wasn't built on hard data and, and you know, science. <laughs> there, was, there was a lot more heart to it than there was <laughs> science to it. Um, and it did really well. And, and you know, uh, it, it's been sold to a major corporation now. But uh, that was our first one. And since then, we've invested in small ideas. We've either invested... Um, capital or our time, depending on what's required. So when I left in um, 2015, I was doing a bit of that, but I started to get a little bit more into the entrepreneurial world and going and attending startup meets and meeting people in terms of, you know, others who were doing, you know, interesting things, you know, drone technology. I mean, there's so many interesting things. And you realize that when you're at work, you only see one world. Yes, right. Uh, you know, you you just see it deeper, and you get very jaded, or you get very, um, you know, 
skeptical about things and you think things don't move. But when you step into this world, uh, entrepreneurial world, there are so many different things and people have such, such eclectic, diverse ideas. Um, so it kind of uh, fueled from there because I had time to to give to it. Yes. And on the side, I mean, you know, you still have to have your cash projects going. So on the side, I was still consulting and slowly that was growing too. And something that I felt like, why would anybody be interested in my advice? Like, isn't that common sense <laughs> or isn't that rational? Um, but then I realized that things that are rational to me may not be and things that are common sense to me may not be and things that I see the way that I see it, maybe others can't see. Yes. And I've been building on those skills and strengths of things that are quite intangible. And if anybody had said, put it on your CV or put it in profile, <laughs> I, you know, I, I wouldn't have. But my learning has been that these are super valuable skills to have, to be able to connect the dots. I mean, you know, on those things we play when we're kids. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean? Um, but yeah, these, these are the things that I started to value um, in myself because others were doing it, not that I was doing it. And so slowly the consulting business grew and then I thought it was time to legitimize it uh -huh. instead of uh, running it, uh, you know, kind of more as an independent freelancer. So Lexicon was born because it is, uh, you know, it, it, it is about my lexicon. It is about the, the way that I want to communicate uh, what yes. I want to communicate. And um, it's a great title for always... the company, by the way. I love it. <laughs> I because it is, right? <laughs> a friend of mine uh, Called it, christened huh? it. Yes. <laughs> uh, she, she takes full credit for it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she it, it, it's, it's something that I've grown to love immensely because one of the things that I found when I was um, uh, working uh, was that a lot of the consultants would come in and they would tell you what the data tells them and they would tell you, you know, this is what we've found, but they will never share their opinion or they'll never share their thoughts or, or they were reluctant to because, you know, it's not supported by data. And and I think um, I would I would like to believe that, you know, with lexicon, we say, well, this is what the data is telling us, but I think you should do this. You know? <laughs> and we try to separate it so that it's clear. But uh, I think it's a valuable part of how you've synthesized the information. So Lexicon was born and it continues uh, continues to grow. I have uh, two business partners now uh, in the business Great. and uh, we have a team uh, that supports us. But it's a very agile team. We have someone in India. Uh, we all work remotely. Uh, we don't have expenses so that we can share whatever uh, yes. we make and, and everybody can work from wherever. And this started... Um, about three years ago before COVID. So, you know, we were innovating the future of work before this. And then Tribe has been something that, um, you know, I've been quite uh, passionate about, but again, it wasn't formalized. We've been, you know, doing little things, but they have been haphazard. And honestly, they didn't really have much impact because, you know, you help something and then you move away from it. You go and help something else. Uh, there is no sustainability uh, and therefore there's no impact. So we decided to to systemize it a little bit so that um, there is continued support and, and, and uh, effort behind whatever we are committed to. And so we've identified certain partners that we work with and we work with partners in Philippines, in Fiji, um, because it's just close to heart. And in India, uh, we're looking at Nepal, uh, and we're also looking at Cambodia. So we haven't started anything in Cambodia and Nepal, but we're we're definitely doing the groundwork to find partners. Um, so yeah, it's it's been things that have 
in some way, shape or form been part of our lives. It's just systemizing it. So I think, you know, with, with viewers listening, we're all doing it. It's just some of us go ahead and then make it into a structure or formalize it or systemize it and it becomes a thing, right? We're branded yes. <laughs> and it becomes a thing. But, you know, how many things are we doing in life already? Yep. That if just packaged rightly. <laughs> there are two things or three things I want to pull out of what we're talking about, though, because I've been working on a program to help women rethink their life's journey. Mm. And to develop it, I've been working with 10 women who have been volunteering to help me work with them to better understand where they are, where they're going. And I, your story is important because there's no straight line. Mm. It's not as if you, you thought, okay, tribe or lexicon. I mean, we, we, we wander our way through. It's okay to test things out, even if they're not intentionally testing. Um, Blue Box started as a, a heart you know, and then began to see, I'm married to a serial entrepreneur. I get it. Uh, <laughs> and we can talk at some point about his series of businesses, but he grew his to the fifth largest in the U.S. from zero and then sold wow. it. And um, we live happily ever after. But it wasn't the first and it's not even yeah. his last. But the interesting part about yours is that as a model for others, the story emerges out of the things that matter to us. So mm. some of the women are very accomplished professionals in different ways and life isn't satisfying mm. and another woman lost her business in COVID and wants to know what to do next mm. and isn't sure she would even go back to the other another woman is a CEO of a large whatever and uh, 11 years there but not really happy not really sure why not happy and mm. we are asking some good questions women are about um, what makes me the best I can be where do I have my purpose um, but as listening to you is helpful to them because we don't really know. We just do yeah. things that give us an echo back that say, ah, that matters. That gives us purpose or that I don't ever want to do again. Uh, and, 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 I, and I never want to be back in a corporate environment. I mean, I'm gone for 20 years now. It served its purpose well, taught me a lot. And it got me out of being just an anthropologist, but being a corporate anthropologist. And I couldn't have launched the business if I hadn't been in corporate. But yeah. All kinds of things emerged. The other thing I want to emphasize is seeing. Um, mm. We decide with the heart and the eyes, mm. not the data. So I once mm. taught, uh, several times I've taught a course for a healthcare strategist called Your Data is Talking to You, Can You Hear It? <laughs> and because data is telling you a story, but it usually okay. affirms your current story and you don't see the data that contradicts it. Mm. And so I want to emphasize that if you're working with consultants, it really is what do you see and how does it feel is much more important than the data they're using to protect themselves. So, but it's yeah. fun. What do you see coming it's next? A, Jim? Go ahead, please. No, I was just, I was just going to add to that, that, you know, <laughs> I think um, whether it's society or, you know, even the books we read or the theory we've learned, it tells us to structure things in a particular way. And that's the steps to success. Or it tells <laughs> us that, you know, if you do this, 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 you know, this will happen. And, and you know, I get it. It's tried and tested and it's worked for many. Uh, but if you're someone who finds joys in things uh, that are off the beaten track or you want to do things differently, yes. uh, then that may not work for you. And, and I think, you know, it, it, with everything, um, I knew I wanted to do something social. I don't want to compromise the quality of my life in terms of being able to take great holidays with kids and do the things we want to do with kids. At the same time, I, I love innovating, but, you know, the, those are not going to 
kind of, you know, be immediately financially rewarding. So each thing always comes with a pro and con attached to it. And when we attach our lives to that one thing, we're constantly in this, in this battle of like, you know, well, it's kind of good, but it's not really great. And, and so I think assembling the kind of life that you want, where each component gives you what you want or makes up for the things that the other component doesn't have. Um, like for example, Blue Box is great. It's really uh, inspiring, and you know when you meet these people, you think there's so much hope for humanity, and there's so much that can happen. But is it going to return financially every single time, or in the near future? Not really. So that's where Lexicon fits in, right? And do either one of these always give you the the ability to help? anyone that you want to, you know, because it's always attached to a ROI or, you know, a particular thing that the client has already chosen. And that's where tribe fits in. It's, Mm -hmm. it's helping those that can't or aren't in a situation to help themselves. They may not be beneficial to any corporation or, or be able to be of value to anyone, but you still can help them because it is, it's devoid of any constraints or ROI so it's been an assembly of things that help out and that's why you know with with lexicon we don't intend to build it into something super huge because it has a role in our portfolio yes you know it it has a particular role to play and 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 it's great where it is Um, so I think it's also you know do you what is the desire for that for that entity that you're building what that you're growing is it to make it into the biggest thing on the planet? Why, yes. right? As it, grow it into something that, you know, it where it plays yes. a role for you. And that's, that's right. where it needs to stop or, or land. Uh, so I think that's been also a learning because we've always been taught about incrementality, right? And, and we've always been taught to keep growing and keep building. And, <laughs> you know, but, but I think it's okay to say no. It's yeah. okay to say I stop here because it fulfills its purpose. Yes. Um, so, yeah, there's been a lot of learnings like that in, in the five years. And it's been funny. I've been working for so many years before this. And I've enjoyed all my roles. I've learned so much. Uh, and, you know, they equipped me to do what I do today. Um, so, absolutely. But, uh, you know, the, the five years have been a massive, massive growth spurt. And, you know, I'll tell you something funny. When I, when I was retrenched and I was looking at what I would do, I was asking my husband, so am I retired now? Like there's nothing else I can do. (laughs) This is it. That's all I had to give. Like I'm done. Right. And it's just taken on a a, a trajectory of its own. So yeah. (laughs) uh, We could talk for a long time. Our lives have so many parallels, but I'd like you to help the listener think about one or two things that you would like them not to forget because they tend to remember the ending even better than the beginning and <laughs> and but the the richness of our story has been terrific some things you just like to leave them with yeah i think i think there's two things one is create a structure that belongs to you mm-hmm. uh, don't try to copy somebody else's structure learn from their structure read all the books you want uh, they have great tips but create a structure that works for you um, whether you want to go to work, whether you don't want to go to work, you know, whether you want to um, grow a business to a particular size, whatever, but it has to be a structure that works for you. Uh, and I think that's super important. And I learned that I feel I have learned that too late in my life. So I would love for some younger women to learn this way before. Uh, and I think, you know, we get told you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't have it all. I think we can. 
<laughs> I really think we can. I'm not going to applause, but I agree. <laughs> I don't know who ever created that sentence, but I don't like it at all. No, I think we can have multiple cakes and eat all of them if we desire. We just choose not to. <laughs> well, I'll add to yours. I like to assemble the kind of life you want and make it happen. It's trust yeah. your heart. It's okay, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you don't need the data. Um, you mm-hmm. do need a heart and an eye and, and a brain that says, this is what I want. Let me make it happen. And you can do it. This has been such fun. I'm honored to have you here. It's great. Um, if they would like to reach you, to hire you, to learn more about the programs and the, the businesses that you have, what's the best place for them to get a hold of you? I think LinkedIn would be awesome. It has all the information that they would need uh, to find out about what it is that I do. Um, so I think that would probably be the best uh, platform. Or they can reach me via your uh, podcast or any details that you have. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy with with either one of those yes. routes. Yeah, LinkedIn has certainly become a place to go, hasn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about reinventing what was sort of a business directory into a, a life for all of us. It's Exactly. It's your so, black book. I know. This has been more fun than fun. Let me wrap up for our folks who come and visit. I can only tell you your your thank you emails and your kudos and your suggestions about who else we should bring on are truly appreciated. Don't stop sending me emails to info at andysimon.com. And I, I love the fact that you share, collaborate. It's fun, but it's also a time for us to become the best that we can be. So my job is to help you see, feel, and think in new ways so you can do just that. And our new book comes out, Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business. It may actually be out for you. It is a time for you to begin to rethink where are you in your own journey and how you can become the woman you'd like to be or the guy as well. And the stuff inside that book is as good for men as it is for women because all of those women became who they are because they had guys to help them support them. And my guy has been with me for 52 years and we keep helping each other smile a lot. So please stay healthy, stay well, keep smiling, enjoy life and become the best you can be. Thanks again. Bye now. <laughs>